So chapter 37, Amshachayim Beis, we begin discourse number 10. Matis Masei, the Mimer is called, Vayidabar Meshor Rashi Matis. And it's on the bottom of page 62, Samar Beis. Friedrich Rebbe, summary for this chapter. Friedrich Rebbe wrote summaries for each chapter. Re- summary, not just one line. What he calls Teichen Haschalos HaMaimer. The content of the beginning of each Maimer. So he writes here, Milo Mata Ribu Yemirt Be'etzim Muhusun. Which means <laughs> the hierarchy of above and below. Ribu Yemirt, which is Abundance and more and less really means here uh, volume, more volume, less volume of energy. Fundamentally. So essentially he's giving us a taste of what's coming. So the review where we're at is like this. We're in the midst of the discussion of the structure of existence which is fundamentally defined in Hasidic language by Eiris Pnimim, which means internalized, integrated energies. Integrated meaning that the energy is integrated in a container. In the world in which we live, everything is container and energy. You can't convey ideas without words. Words have to be measured exactly to the idea, the idea has to be measured exactly to the words. That's the world in which we live. If we lived in a different type of world where we can communicate, we'd be we'd, we'd, uh, mind readers. Even there, the mind also needs some type of form of communication. But in our world, everything is, consists of at least those dual forces. The, the energy of the thing and how it's communicated. So basically, Aaron Kaley, or soul and body. Nothing does not have those two elements. In the root of it, it's called Aaron and Kaley that God structured existence in this fashion, that every entity, Chachma, Bina, Chesed, Gvura, everything literally has those two elements to it. And obviously, the, the energy in the container are uh, relative to what level you're talking about. So he was discussing, discussing at length how these two forces come and are tailored and integrated within one another. And the last mimer, the last discourse, uh, basically, we discussed the structure and the hierarchy, how this, how the, the different, the proportionate ratio between Aaron Kaley determines whether something is a higher level or something is a lower level. So, besides the fact that it's integrated and that there's these two forces, they also are different. That in Chachma, where their container is very sublime, very ethereal, just a point, the energy is very intense. As the container gets expands, the energy gets weaker. As he explained that both in the ten spheres and in the worlds. And the last chapter discussed basically that this does not just come from the container level, this comes from the energy level. Because the kav, the kav, how did God so-called craft and fashion the structure? He used a, a paintbrush. He used a thin ray of light. A thin ray of light that things that are closer to the top of that ray, the top of the kav, are more energy, less container. Lower is more container, less energy. It diminishes as it goes. Similar to the transmission of a teacher to a student, to a student, to lower students. So as the students' containers are more substantive, meaning that they're less refined, 
they the energy has to be diminished in order for them to receive. So the container is the level of the air. No, this is what he discussed in the last chapter. He says both it can go either way. The energy could determine what with the container, and the container can determine the energy. Usually, the way it begins is the energy first determines. It's the way it measures. In other words, the teacher determines based on the container what how the flow should flow. Then, once the container becomes more refined, as he explains, then the container can demand more, so to speak, or he calls it mamshik more. It draws more energy into it. Containers in earth don't work that way. Like, for example, a cup. A cup, a cup is a cup forever. A cup doesn't get more refined. A cup meaning not a cup, a cup, a physical cup. But but containers in, in the Maila and Rukhni is like a vodim. Think of it this way. A young child, the energy will flow weak. A child is not strong. But as the muscles develop and as the person develops, the kalim becomes stronger. Exercise will draw more energy. So he says clearly, it can go both ways. But generally it speaks, the air begins, it begins with the energy. The energy is the measurer. And then the container can 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 initiate, so to speak. Um, and this is, as he said, all eris pinimim. This is how eris pinimim work. So now we move on to next mimer, the bottom of page sixty-two. Neidaber Moshe, Shabbos Pashamatis Masi Terav. So this was delivered on Pashamatis Masi Tafreshayim Beis, nineteen twelve, that summer. But it was written before, but the beginnings and ends were written. In other words, the, the actual discourse was written much earlier in one flow. Then, when he delivered them, before he delivered them, or whenever, it's not exactly clear, but before he delivered them, he added beginnings and ends fitting to the chapter of that week. Then that's how he delivered it. So the Maimorim were delivered actually, Maimor by Maimor, not as one flow. But he begins with the, the verse, asks some questions, and then goes back and says, to understand this, we have to preface what we learned, and then continues. So it's a fascinating way of also connecting Kolatei Kula, basically. Because really, at the end of the day, you can write a whole disc, a whole essay just on how every Pasha is part of a theme of the whole IM base, because they all ultimately connect that way, because that's every Pasha is like. I just want to add one thing that was not spelled out yesterday. Thank you to you, Cheskel. That at the end of the last discourse, he spoke about the answer of Rashi Chachechem, and he spoke about two Rashi Chachechem is plural. So Zer says, Kamaration, a moon only has one rush. The sun only has one root, one source. So what's the rush? So the, the, the Zayn answers Yaakov and Yasef. And with all the different interpretations in Kabbalah, it's uh, Yesod, Teferis and Yesod, Tereshabiksav, Tereshabalpeh, Yaakov and the Yuchud of Yaakov and Rachel, the Yisrael and Rachel, Tere and Edus, etc. And Edus and Nesuyan, he explained all these two levels. And then explain that all these Yehudim, all these, these both two levels, which is the Yehud essentially of the sun and the moon, uh, is uh, is all in the level of Eris Primim, internalized and integrated energies, and says there are two types. So it wasn't so clear, we didn't spell out yesterday, but it seems that the connection to the actually is the first one is the initial energy. The energy that flows in the containers measures and creates. But as the containers get more refined, there's a thing called taste for sale. That's what Yosef adds. So you could say Yaakov, you could say the, the first level of the moon receiving from the sun, meaning Malchus receiving from Zah, is the regular transmission that a higher level and gives it to another to a lower level. A mashpia to a 
a, a, a transmitter to a recipient. But then comes a taste for sale. He says, And this is already, he calls this an essential air, not just a reflection. This is already Yasef. This is the second Rosh, so to speak. The second element. The Primus. And this... And these are the two things. So they commensurate essentially between, I guess, the two levels where the energy gives to the container and how the container, as it gets more refined, draws from the energy more. That's what was uh, uh, suggested. And I think it's, uh, it, it's correct. It doesn't spell it out, but it sounds right. Okay. So now we move on to chat, the next mimer. Ve'idaber meishol reishi amate yisle and Moshe spoke to the heads of the tribes, the Bnei Yisrael, the Matis, the Bnei Yisrael, meaning the tribes of Israel. Tell them, This is the thing that you should command, that God commanded. And what is this thing? He's going to talk about Nadarim. It's the mitzvah of Nadarim, vows. All the conditions about when a person will vow, how they vow and how they absolve a vow, etc., etc. What does this mean, this, this, this like so-called obscure or vague term? That this is the thing that God commanded. He should have just began. He could have said, When a man will vow and all the laws that follow. What's this additional element? That says, tell the Jew, tell the tell these leaders, tell the leaders of the tribes, this is the thing that God commanded, and then begins that when a pa- when a man will vow, etc., take an oath. Should have just said, what, what does that add? Zehadover, this thing is what God commands. Should have just said, what is this introduction that he first says Zehadover? We also understand why was the Pasha, this chapter about the mitzvah of Nadarim, of vows and oaths, set specifically to the heads of the tribes? Isn't the Torah told, said, the Torah is said to the old, old Jews? What distinguishes Nadarim, the chapter of Nadarim, that it was said specifically to the heads of the tribes? Two questions. To understand this, we need to preface that which, which we discussed earlier. That in the ten spheres, there's a structure, there's a there's a diversity. Hishalkus means a division, but essentially a structure and diversity of Maila Mata. It's interesting. Schalkus, Maila, Mata, and both necessary. You could say Schalkus, you could have ten entities, but they could have exactly the same amount of energy and container. So there would be ten equal entities. Here, they're ten distinct, but they're also distinguished by higher and lower. Higher and lower, we mean in position, in degree. Not necessarily, we're not talking about physical higher and lower. We're talking about in a conceptually higher and lower. For whom, And the reason for this is, that the spheres have this distinction and this structure and hierarchy is because the energies are integrated energies. They're eris premium. That come and manifest within containers. (coughs) 
מפני שאלה שאני אלה שפנים שבאים מבחינת סבתא בכם, יש בהם מדידה באופן המשוכה והאסגלה שלהם. So they have within themselves a measurement, a, a measure of the method and the way of their transmission and their revelation. That is not equal in all the levels. And this is the Inyan, this is what it means, that there's a division, there's a diversity, there's a, a, a distinction of higher and lower among them. So defining higher and lower here, see we talk higher and lower, we would say someone is taller, someone is shorter. Five feet tall, six feet tall. You know, one mile long, two miles long. In spirituality is the concept, the idea of length and the height or great or volume, meaning higher and lower, is defined by what he just said. Being that the energy is integrated in the container, the question is how much energy is flowing, and how much is the container receiving. That would define higher, more. The volume is less, it's lower. That's essentially the way you define it. So there, before you could say that, say, five students in a classroom, there's nothing to do with their height or with their weight or their physical measurements. It's to do with how the flow of energy is entering into each one of them. With the one that's receiving more energy being a higher dimension. Now chapter 37. And now, Now in this thing of Mayalamata that we've been discussing, above and, lo- above and below, or higher and lower, gradation. In other words, the saying of Tzayin Lamer, so as if to say, or in other words, Tzayin Lamer, in other words, what is... What, what is called Maila Mata? What means it's higher and lower? In Mavur B'mokamachet, it's explained elsewhere, that this is in the level of Ribuyamit, more and less. Maila Mata means more and less. As I just translated, seemingly that's what he said till here. Obviously, he's going further into this. He's going to dissect deeper what it means, Maila Mata, that we've been discussing. The language is a little interesting because he says, Like, in other words, in this thing of Mailamata, what I mean to say, what is the meaning of Mailamata? That's the way it's literally translated here. So it's not so usually written that way. Because he could have just said, Okay, the Tsenalim is, what he's basically saying is, in the Inyan of Mailamata, we need to understand what does it mean, Mailamata. That's what he means here. I think it's almost like, it sounds almost like he's quoting a language of another Maimur. Because he's saying, like, not, not a quote of a Maimur, it's like saying, in this Indian of Maila Mata, you could also skip the words of Zayn and just say, Mavur B'mokamacha. In the Indian of Maila Mata, it's explained elsewhere. But he's like almost explaining what means in the Indian of Maila Mata, meaning to say, what is the meaning of Maila Mata? So he's almost like, it's not just in the Indian, it's also answering a question. More specific. Yeah. 
the question is, why, why, why is he saying it in this type of language? I would have to see if this language, if this Loshan is in a different Maimer from the Tzimach Tzedek or the Altareb. Okay. Mavur b'mokamach. And anyway, in this thing, what is my Lamata explained elsewhere? Shazel b'chinu siriyu ribu imiyot. That this is in the, in the levels of ribu, the b'chinu siriyu means defined by ribu more abundance and miyot less. What's the opposite of abundance? Diminished. Okay. The zesha mismayata air. That this thing, that the energy gets diminished from level to level. That's the meaning of mata. He didn't actually spell this, say this in these words before, but if you look on top of page Samachalov, he did say a little more, not just the top of, a little further. See, like ten lines from the top. Nine lines. So he did say already that that which is closer to the top of the cob, meaning more energy, is the myla. But he didn't say more energy. He said it's, that it's closer to the top of the cob. But it was very apparent from the previous chapters that it meant ribuy and mute. That, that, you know, for example, in the head, the, the, the containers are very small relative to the torso and the body, and that's why it has so much energy. It has the mind and it has the uh, the, the primary uh, senses. Okay, we have to see where he's going here, but he's uh, clearly adding something here to this thing. In other words, so he's saying, so what, so what defines mata lower when the energy is diminished? See, I'm trying to just understand the tzrich, you know, what he's adding here. But we'll, uh, I guess it will emerge as we learn this. So he's saying another two words. It was, you know, going through words here. He said, so for Milo Mata is Ribu Yamiut. And now he's saying it's also the thing of Kiru Venichuk. Kiru Venichuk means close and distant. You know, when you dissect this properly, you really need to, uh, remember that we're talking about something that we cannot see. So we have to define it in terms that we can relate to as much as possible. That's what he's doing here. He's really breaking it down into like, you know, exact definition of what means uh, uh, basically spiritual space. What does spiritual structure look like? The cosmic structure when you can't see it with your eyes. Which is really the real structure of existence, not the, the superficial one. So, the Bekar of Meir Ha'er Yesir when something is close, the, the energy radiates more revealed. That's ribui. So he's defining kiruv and ribui comes together. That means an abundance of energy and revelation. And there goes misrachik. So misrachik, the more distance it gets, the, the energy gets hidden and diminished. So we have that. We have here Maila Mata. What means upper, higher and lower? He's saying is more and less, which is also closer and distant. Basically from the source and basically in the energy as it gets diminished. Right. And this is also the Maila Mata that we discussed in the last chapter in the transmission of the Kav. Let us just make, let me just clarify one thing again, very, very important. This is all language. 
The, and the kavanah, the purpose of chassidus is not that you get trapped in the language, but the language helps you understand something beyond language. It's critical. Like when you learn Shulchan Aruch, and you learn laws of Torah, they're on the contrary. You need to know. If someone says, uh, what's an Erev? Or what's a Shir Kazayas? You don't want to have an abstract definition. You need to know exact measurement. A Kazayas is like an egg, or a little smaller, or like an olive. Kazayas is like an olive, actually. But you know, in that itself, there's different opinions. Because Halacha talks about shiurim, it talks about measurements, it talks about defined things. The shki is exactly now, and not a second earlier, not a second later. Zman Krishna. Everything is defined by structure. When you look at this, it's almost the opposite. The words are meant to help you understand something beyond structure. And this is a big mistake, I know, because when we learn chassidus, they teach chassidus the same way you teach negla. Like you memorize, just like you memorize the lama tas malachas, that there are 39 things you're not allowed to do, you memorize the tzaddik ben nirasha and a hundred hundred levels. It's good for information purposes, but not for understanding purposes. For comprehension, chassidus, when you say kav, you don't want to start turning the kav into a physical line. You don't want to fit it into your model. You want to use a model of yours to understand something that's beyond your model. I'm just saying it because it's very important to always relate to that. So the word kav is a word from the Rizal. Based on Butzina de Kadanissa, different expressions of kav and the Zohar. But basically, a ray of light. A ray of light is not really a line. It looks like a line. It, it, it works like a line. So the idea of kav is just a word to use. How did God transmit uh, defined energy into an existence that cannot contain the whole infinite light. So that's the word that why it's called kav, chut. These are words. I'm just stating that because it's important just to... Same thing here, you see how he's defining my lamata. He's forcing you to go away from your regular... Regular you think my lamata. First floor, second floor. You know, a building of 20 stories. Very simple, that's my lamata. That means higher and lower. But that's not the correct at all. When it says the God came down on Har Sinai, it came down from higher to lower. What did he come down from? He was in the sky. So obviously there's something symbolic of coming actually in the heart because physical mailamata doesn't discuss that here, evolves from spiritual mailamata. But really we're talking about as God descended from one state of consciousness to another one. Which would be similar to, let's say, a teacher revealing to you something he never revealed before. It was there before inside of him, but you never saw it. So he's taking it from higher to lower. So it's really forcing us to really rethink uh, the way we understand parameters. Same thing as Malach Yeah, it's exactly the same thing. And I mean, I mean, these are for sure. But uh, I'm, I'm, in truth is, as that's what he said earlier, if you remember he said about Atzilus, that the Alter Rebbe would call Atzilus alien, the Eberster. When you say Eberster, you know what Eberster in Yiddish means the one above. Eberster, the Hechster. That Eberster, the one above. Because above meaning above us. Superior to us. And I'm just spelling it out. So now he's saying this Mailamata that we just defined as being Ribui Amirut, more and less energy. Kiruva Nichuk, closer or more distance. This is also the Mailamata in the transmission of the Kav, of the line, the line of energy. Which is the Inyan. Mailamata in the Kav means closer and more distant in the flow of energy. As he says, in Movish Aram is the Arizal's book, he, he referred to it earlier, 
when he spoke about the Eitz Chaim, on the top of Semach Aleph. No, it's not. Eitz Chaim, Movish and Eitz Chaim are like three books very similar. The, actually, the Movish and Eitz Chaim we had earlier than Eitz Chaim. So, but Eitz Chaim is, is considered to be more uh, fundamental. More, uh, yeah, they're all Rab Chaim Vital. Um, Notice the name, Eitz Chaim, Eitz Chaim. Mavisharim is also Chaim Vital. These are like the, the is basically the beginning of Eitz Chaim with with variations. Some things are spelled out a little more there. That's why he quotes from there. But they all talk about the Tzimtzum and the Kav. That's the beginning of of these books. They're less popular today. You don't see them because you have the Eitz Chaim. But Chassidus obviously in the Alter Rebbe brings Mavisharim, Eitz Chaim. You'll see Eitz Chaim also, like in Lukutet at the end of Ayikra, Lahav and Mashukaz of Eitz Chaim, the end of the Tzimtzum. So why Eitz Chaim? Why not Eitz Chaim? It's, I think Eitz Chaim was also more nafut. So it was just more around. The truth is that Rebbe Rashab writes that the most reliable of the writings of the Arizal are the Shmoy Sha'arim, which weren't even really available. That's why in Tanya, Eitz Chaim is far more quoted than the Shmoy The Shmoy Sha'arim are eight gates. Shara Mitzvah, Shara Psukim, Shara Kavonis, Shara Ha... Yichudim. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rab Chaim Vital, the, the, the primary writings of the, when you say Kisvah Rizal, is Rab Chaim Vital. He was the main transmitter, like Rab Abba from Rarashbi. He was, and he writes in the beginning of Rizal, he even writes, a, a, he takes a, an oath to anyone that did not allowed to learn anything else from that Rizal except him. He's the only one that has the authority. Now there was a Talmud of that Rizal called Rabbi Yisrael Surug, who left Tzvat and went more to Europe, to Italy, who had Talmidim like the Mishnah's Chassidim, the Italian Mikubolim, a lot from Rabbi Sorel Sarug. The, the Italian ones in Italy. Italian. Like uh, Mishnah Chassidim is one, uh, another is the Emek HaMelech. So there's, that's almost, it's a, it's, it has elements in Kabbalah that, does, that, that, that uh, Rabbi Chaim Vital did not write. And in a way, Rabbi Chaim Vital is essentially saying, you're not allowed to read anything but me, meaning them. But but the Rebbe brings but the Rebbe brings clearly that um, that once the Alter Rebbe and the Rabbeim bring from Mishnah Chassidim that Samach Tzedek writes and Eimek Hamelach I'll give you an example Shashu Hamelach Batzmusa is only from Eimek Hamelach the Rishimu talk about the Rishimu left after the Tzimtzum is from the Bishral Sadur you don't find it in Eitz Chaim the point I'm making here, however is the Rebbe has footnotes and says that once the Samach Tzedek writes and the Alter Rebbe writes Samach Tzedek writes that, that the Mishnah Chassidim, you can rely on it because the Alter Rebbe brings it. So bottom line is, they, in a way, have transcended Rabbi Chaim Vital's prohibition, and therefore the, that, that parts of the Arizal are also cited. And uh, the Rebbe spoke about it a few times. There's a, uh, there's the thing also made in Nebuchim. The Rambam writes in the Agdom, the Rebbe wrote, Lamed Ches, the Rebbe spoke a Sikh about this. The Agdom of the Nebuchim, the introduction to God of the Perplexed, the Alter Rebbe says also, takes a vow, no one should read this except those that are Nebuchim, and yet we read it. So, uh, yes, there's um, the Shem Ramunim, Yesuf Irgas, Rabbi Yesuf Irgas, has a Shalat Shuvah about this. Allah Hadika Shalat Shuvah, also about the Rachav, how we could have, you know, broken their vow. Basically, we're not in this this what I'm about this. The Shem Ramunim was also a Talmud Arizal. Yeah, Talmud Gurei. They call him Gurei Arizal. So he was already a Talmud of the Talmud. 
This whole entire thing was not with the Ramak. It says that. It says, it says, it says, How could you understand it without a tzimtzum? There's a whole memorium on this. It's not right here. There's a whole section in Ayn Bez on this. Later, he talks the whole thing about the Ramak. It's, it's discussed in Chassidus. Ramak. It's not for here. It's not for here. It's, it's, it, but once you see it, you see it in Zayar. It's hinted to in the Zayar. You say Bresha Minusad Malka, you have expressions in Zayar. You have that once that is all is Megalit. That's a, it ends up being Bresha's Bar Alakim. Alakim is the Midasat Simpson. But you don't read it until that's a whole other discussion, what the Simpson and how what, what how the Ramak and other Mukabalim understand Ahdus Hashem. There are limits in how they understood it. There were there were big problems. Is that is a symptom that allows us to have Ardus Hashem that they their interpretation of Ardus was not quite the same way. It's, it's to do with all the opinions about the energies being shaped, the kalim. We learned before that Ramak says that that the, 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 the ten hidden spheres are only the containers, not the energies. It's connected to this. Anyway, so that's Mavishar. Hainu the Bikitseyo Elyon. This means that in the Bikitseyo Elyon in the top part. Of the kav, which is a level that is close to the source, radiates the energy in a more abundant, revealed fashion. And the more it extends and transmits and, and, and gets distant from, moves away from, its source, the energy gets diminished and concealed. If you look in line two, he said, now he says, just interesting distinction. There he says it gets concealed and diminished. Here it's diminished and concealed. Which when I read that, I thought it should say, diminished and concealed sounds more correct. First you diminish something, then you conceal it. So, but on line two, he said concealed and diminished. I'm not sure why, but that's what he said. Interesting distinction. You could say this does, it's not really a diuk here. He's not really trying to emphasize that, but still. He says chuli everywhere. And Lamed Zayin, Yudshvat Lamed Zayin, the Rebbe speaks about the Rebbe Rashab style. Chulu is everywhere. And the Friedrich Rebbe, when he would take, quote my mother, the Rebbe Rashab, he would take out the chulus, physically cross them out. Which means that it was like a Rebbe Rashabza in. Chulu really means that there's more. There's a lot more to say. He says every three lines you'll see Chulu. Look how many Chulus there are. The Rebbe spoke about it. He didn't explain why. He just said, Now he's giving an example. And like an example, In the flame of a, the light of a flame, or also in the light of a torch. It's interesting. Oigam. Meaning, a flame is probably a better example, but you could also say this by an avuka. Shabikir of Meir Harben. Then when you're close to it, Shabikir of, close to it, it, radi- it shines abundantly. The reason he's saying avuka, because avuka is, is stronger. So you could say, being close to it or a little farther is not so much difference. But the truth is there is, there's always a difference. 
And distant, let's say you're farther away from the flame, it doesn't illuminate as much. Even though it's the same energy. And there again he changes the order. <laughs> Yet again. Only when it's distant from its source, it gets concealed and diminished. Interesting distinction. Every time he uses Gashmi's Dikimata, like a, not 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 uh, not in the Kav, he uses Misalam and Mismayat. By the Kav only he said Mismayat and Misalam. Maybe that's the distinction. Because the first two lines also, it was still in the Moshal. He didn't yet say the Kav. He said, My Lomata in general is concealed and then diminished. Here too he's using the example of a flame. He's saying it's concealed and diminished. By the Kav he used the opposite. Okay. Or but Moshla Gashmi who shanichla in the parentheses he adds. And in the physical example who shanichla ha'ir. He's distinguishing. Even though he just gave an example, the example is only relevant as far as distance goes. Close, more light. Distant, less light. But in the phys- now he's qualifying. and saying in the physical example, however, the reason for that is because as you move away distant, the energy actually gets um, more extinguished. Uh, yeah, weaker. This is, not a, this is not possible, God forbid, is and spiritual. The only thing that's possible there is that it gets concealed, which is the concept of of being diminished. In Gashmias, what is when you're going No, it doesn't mean that. He means about Pashtas he means that as time passes the, the the flame will burn out. So I also thought, first of all, I thought that he's saying Nikhla meaning when you're distant from a flame, when it's burning, it's not because the flame is slowly burning out. So two things I want to say. Maybe what he's saying is that he's saying just a distinction. Just know that Lamaila, the flame never burns out. It just gets diminished as you go down. The same source continues to flow. Here, it does, in the physical world, just that one distinction is that the flame gets weaker. So you could argue, now I'm adding a second point, you could argue since the flame gets weaker, that's why the more distant you are from it, the less of it you have, because it's fundamentally a weak state. Lamaila, that's not the issue at all. It's a strong energy. The reason it's this distant, you don't get so much of it, is not because it's a weak light, it's because, because you are on lower level, and you're supposed to get commensurate to your level. Like let's say the students. One student gets a lower amount of, gets a, a diminished flow of intelligence, not because the teacher is getting weaker or a teacher, you know, God forbid, is because for this kalim you need to have a diminished energy. But you could argue, you could argue, why is it diminished in one person? Is because originally the flame is not such a strong one. So when you're more distant, not that technically the flame is, is, is getting lower, but let's put it this way. Let's look at a physical flame. It's, it, it's shining brightly. So when you're close, you see it very much. You go, let's say, 10 feet away, a little less. 100 feet away, you'll just see a drop. And you go very far, you won't even see it. Okay. When the flame starts getting weaker, what's going to happen? The one that's 100 feet away is going to stop seeing it. The one that's 10 feet away is going to still see it. So you see that it's somewhat connected to its, to its own level of, um, of transmission. What he's distinguishing here is that Lamaila has nothing to do with it. Lamaila 
it can continue to burn at full intensity all the time, and yet it continues to get diminished in, in lower levels. It's a very important qualification in that context. Okay. See what one parenthesis can do. V'zeu and this is what it says in Eitzchayim. He's now going to repeat the Eitzchayim that he said on page Samachalov. So I guess he's really elaborating. Samachalov, let me just look back. I just want to make sure. Yeah, look at this. It's almost a repeat of like line 15 on page 61. Not, not line, more than 15. 4, 7, 10, 15, 16. Yeah, line 15. So he says like this. So, this is what it says in Eitzchayim. That in Chochmah, wisdom, the, the, the divine infinite energy radiates close proximity. Proximity is also a good word. Proximity. And Rabina radiates distance. The, and Samachalaf, he said, Keser and Chochmah. And Bina. And here he's going to move on also now to Zoh. Continuing Yitzchayim. Or Bizah, Zoyer Ampin, which is the Midas, Chesed, through Yisod, Derech Halein, is like through a window. Or Bamalchus Derech Nokov. And a Malchus is like through a hole. Through a, like a peephole. Through a hole. Obviously these are all metaphors. So you have four ways that energy can reach somebody. You could be close to it. You can be distant from it. It could be coming through a window, like through a window. It could be coming like through a, a, a wormhole, whatever you want to call it. A nekev. A nekev is a hole, right? A, a pierced hole. So you hear, see here four levels of gradation. A hierarchy. What does this mean? He basically just explained that we talk about Milo Mata, we said Zribui and Miut. Hierarchy, higher and lower is more and less, and close and distant. So he's now explaining all the close and distant thing. Yeah, exactly. So what does it mean, Chachma, you have a Kiruv Mokim? It means that the energy radiates there more abundantly, more, more intensely. Like for example, in the conceiving, in the comprehension, in the in the conceiving of any seichel of any idea, or not conceiving, baskolos, in the in the understanding, in the comprehension of any idea, any seichel. Had it been a the in the point of askola of the concept, the way it's in chokhme. The air, the energy, the, the intensity, the seichel, the energy of the seichel, radiates there, illuminates there with a gili erav, a very intense, a very powerful light. We said this earlier. Even though in this nakuda, in this point of chachme, the idea is not yet understood. Eich, what? How and what is it? How and what? Because it's just a concept, but it's the concentration of energy. Nevertheless, it radiates there in abundant fashion. Which means this Nakud of Chachma has it within it, concentrated, 
an enormous amount of energy, which later can be fleshed out. And when this concept, this nakuda, this point, then manifests and comes into comprehension of bina, where you flesh it out and the details of of havana comprehension, the energy gets diminished. Whereas the seichel gets diminished. The seichel. Even though the primary comprehension of it is in bina. So here you see something interesting. The comprehension on our terms of the concept is more in bina. That yet the intensity of the energy is more in chokhmah. The chokhmah gamshi gamkein yidia mekomokem ein asoger. Chachma, because even though Chachma is some form of knowledge, some form of awareness, you can't call it faith, a concept, even though it's just a pure dot, it's pure, a pure point, you just got an idea, you can't, that's not faith, that is a concept already. You de- Nevertheless, you can't call it comprehension. That's why we have millions and millions of ideas fall into our minds, and many of them we don't comprehend, many of them don't even go anywhere. It's just a... a po- Right, comprehension, and it's an interesting exercise that I would do if I was if I was doing this with like we were doing an exercise. Here, I would ask you all to write down today, later today, distinguish what is an akud of chachma. You know, no, it actually happens to you. It actually happens to you because usually you'll find that when it happens to you. You don't, you're not even aware of it while it's happening. Because the whole idea of Chachm is this flash. It's a spark. It's almost like a, an unknown, a mysterious thing happens. What, 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 when you begin to become aware of Chachm is when you're already getting it into Bina. So the interesting thing is, when, when, so the flash of an idea. You know, like I just had this flash of an idea to suggest this suggestion while we were learning this. But now it's no longer a flash. I'm ready to discussing it. You know, how many ideas don't go to the next stage? So it would be an interesting exercise. That's why it's hard even to talk about Chachma. Because it's because as soon as you talk, it's already Bina. It's already not Chachma, if you know what I'm saying. Um, but, 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 but nevertheless, Chachma, you can see, is, has an unbelievable concentration of power. The, the fact that an idea can have such... That you can just come up with a new concept. Is, uh, but I'm saying, we, again, this is words. We talked before about language. You have to learn to understand Chachma and Bina are not two same things. And one is a little higher than the other. So it's a completely qualitative two different entities. They work differently. Bina is a Kalim oriented force. And Chachma is an Eir oriented force. Chachma has a drop of Kali, like he says. It's an Akuda. But like in mathematics, a point and a line is the difference between infinity and finite. A line is finite and points are not. Bina must have the Chachma. Of course. There we go. So, let's go to the end. We'll give it and nevertheless, in Chachma, the revelation is more intense 
more abundant, more uh, more powerful than it is in Bina, as we discussed Commission is Barleel, Pedaklamit Gimel, as we discussed earlier, chapter thirty three. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Let me reread that. Nevertheless, in Bina you still have a strong, a, a, a expansive radiation, radiating of this energy. Because in the mind in general, Bina, there's a radiating energy. You know, an idea, a concept has a lot of energy in it. A lot of light. Mashenkin bizarre. Now he goes to the third level. Zayir Ampin, which is like the Chalein, who that a Chalein. Now the energy is already beginning to radiate through a shine through a veil. So but it's but it's a trans but, but it's a, a transparent one. What? Yeah. Doesn't go does not go in the structure. So there goes into this. This that a Chalein shibchinis miyotiyaser. Once it's coming through a window, it's already more diminished. What do you say? There's a two. There's a there's a glass that's opaque, and there's a glass that's translucent, translucent is see through. Right, and opaque is transparent. You can see through, opaque, nothing goes through. So it's and translucent. Light comes through and translucent, but you can't see detail. You can see there's light. Okay, okay, but chalain would be transparent. Yeah, the pastures. Yes. Because it's not yet. Yeah. is like for example the light of the sun. Outside of a house, outside of a home, the sunlight radiates expansively everywhere. In the whole area, the whole span of space. But in a house, which of course has walls, and therefore conceals the sun, it only radiates through the windows. It only shines through the windows. Because the walls cover the, 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 the sunlight, the light. And there's not. So outside where there are no, where there are no impediments and no obstacles, the sun just shines. You have, you have unfettered sunlight. As soon as you get into a house, the sun is shining through a particular area, which is the, w- the windows. It does not radiate expansively inside the house, only through the window alone. Because the, and, such, and as such, the light is more diminished from the way it's outside of the house. So you have the same sunlight. You don't have a symptom on the sunlight per se. But from the perspective of someone inside the house, you have it in a far more diminished form. Intensity. So let's say you're sitting right here. So yes, sun would come through the window. Besides the fact that you could put a window shade up, well, let's not get into that. But the sun right here is not going to be with the same intensity as when you walk out the door. That's Derech That's what he's explaining. It's, it's an, an, yet a lower level. Remember, he spoke Midas because Midas in chapter um, uh, 33, he said Midas is about Yesh, about me. 
what's good for me. So as soon as those containers are more intense, which is in this case like the house, you're now, you know, which is actually a house, is you. When you're outside, there's no you there. It's not, not, it's not, it's not a private, you're a private entity. You're a shusayachid. So when you're there, therefore the energy itself is diminished. I'm just pointing that out, that he explained that earlier. Here he's explaining the Eitzchayim, he wants to explain the idea of space, spiritual space, spatial, you know, conceptual space. So these examples are just examples for how, how to explain that. Eitzchayim. So that's Chalayim. And that's where Razal say Achsadra, which is a um, a a, 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 a porch, right? You can you you uh, do not need to have. I think this is about the checking for chometz before Pesach, that you don't need to have an, a, a candle because you could check it if, you, if it's still daylight you could check it because it's outside whereas inside the house you need an air because you can't go into every corner and see, so it's a clear example halachically to what he just said, because Achsad is outside so you have basically the daylight, sunlight Meaning to its light, it, it, you can check through the light, the natural light that's there. Because the energy, the light is there abundantly. But in contrast to the house, where you don't, you cannot, there's no, that you don't have that natural light. The same thing is understood. It's also understood that when the energy radiates, the light energy is only through, like through a window. It's, 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 uh, it's in a form of diminished energy. What he's adding, I believe, now is not just that within the house you have less energy. What about the sun coming through the window itself? You know, it says, Derech if you look at the Eitzchayim, the Eitzchayim is not talking about the house. Eitzchayim is saying that the energy is coming through the window. The sun coming through a window, if you're standing right near the window, it's almost as, as much as it's outside. So I think he's going to explain that even there it's diminished compared, which is obvious as well. Let's see what he says. He's going to give an example. Or maybe I'm not right. I'll see in a moment. Like an example, an example he's giving now is a psag din, a ruling, a legal ruling that comes after the extensive pilpul, the extensive back and forth, the extensive. How would you translate pilpul? Huh? Hashing, Hashing out extensive arguments, discussions, but time with many with different reasons, vesvaris and arguments and theories. In the final ruling, in the legal ruling, you don't recognize the reasons and all the arguments back and forth. Only thing you recognize there is that this is the ruling and that's it. Now, obviously, a judge will may write his reasons, but we're talking about the psak itself. The psak says, you win, you lose. Or, this is the ruling. 
there the, in the Pesach itself you don't see the whole background of the intensity and uh, background of the ideas. That's what he's saying. And we must say, and we have to say, that in concealed state, you have within the Psak, within the final ruling, the entire Arichas, the entire discussion. Because the ruling didn't come out of nowhere. It came from this whole extensive discussion. So you have to say, that it has within it, the Psak that is, the, refund, the legal ruling has within it all the reasons and the arguments. Only thing is, they're concealed and they're not recognizable in any revealed way. Like the Mishnah. In the Talmud we have, the Gemara has, consists of Mishnah, which the Tanoim taught, and then comes Gemara that explains the Mishnah, the Amoraim. The Mishnah is a Kitsu Shabbat the Mishnah is a summary that came after a lengthy, elaborate discussion and 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 um, and dialogue amongst the Tanoim, amongst the teachers, the sages. So the Mishnah is a summary of that, a short summary. The is after the lengthy discussion that was by them, by these teachers, the Tanoim, this whole subject matter. Biribi time with many reasons, Viswaras and arguments, so pilpul and and analysis. The pilpul godl, great analysis. Kolza Baba Mishnah Bidarakhsara. All this, Bakhza, all this comes in the Mishnah in a very concise fashion. And then afterwards in the Gemara and the Talmud, the the idea is developed and expanded expounded and expanded upon. We also discussed before Mishnah and Gemara. There was not, this example was used. If you remember, the second uh, example after letters, just, just interesting to, for comparative purposes. Remember the example here on page. Um, I believe it's on page thirty-nine, chapter chapter twenty-five. Making a mistake? Is it elsewhere? I don't remember it in those days. I remember in the score, the reduction behind the score, the Kabbalah, but I don't remember that uh, discussion. Hold on. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it is. Maybe it is earlier. For some reason, I thought it was in that chapter, but the Mashpia. It could be that wasn't there. I do remember that this was brought earlier. Uh, maybe my Shmaya Vavtalia, that where?
Okay, we have to find it. I do remember that before the Mishnah and Gemara were brought. Okay, I don't see it right now. Um, so, something we need to look for. I'll find it. Unless it was later in the later chapters. Okay. Anyway, not relevant. Sorry about that. And the Gemara, this becomes expanded and expounded upon. All this is still, he's coming to explain what it means that the energy, the light comes to Zah through Chalay and through a window. So let's continue. And therefore, somebody who's a Chacham Gadl, a very wise person. From the short, summarized, concise language of the Mishnah, in brief, in brevity, in brief words. who He knows the whole Arichas, the whole length of the discussion. And in the Mishnah, it's concealed. But he can see it because of his wisdom. Like the din, he's giving an example now of a psak. A sukkah that's taller than, than, than 20 cubits, psula, is not kosher. That's the din. Now if you build a sukkah that high, it's not kosher. And there are reasons for this. Because higher than 20 cubits, that high, a person doesn't live in that type of uh, space. B'tzel sukkah. Or another reason, or because when something is so high, you can't see it. Huh? Don't notice it, right? What? Don't notice it. Right. You don't, you don't notice it. You don't notice it. So since a sukkah, the reason one, since a sukkah has to be kain, meaning like in the home, people don't live in homes of that size. So sukkah, that's the first reason. The second reason is because you don't notice it. And this has different, these reasons have different elements to them. This is almost like Tamsi Sabina. You say that the Sak Din comes in, is, is the conclusion of all the story. It's almost like Tamsi Sabina. So the whole thing, light should be very powerful. And the, and the Mashal of the Hallow. We didn't even finish. I understand. But the Mashal of the Hallow is. But we didn't finish, so. And the Mashal of the Hallow is less light. That, that was just my comment at this point. Okay. Okay. Vakol yesh ba So these reasons that he just gave here, when you see the din that the sukkah is puzzle, higher than twenty ama, higher than twenty cubits, all you know is the final uh, ruling. You don't know the reasons. You don't know the differences between the reasons. Why this reason? Why that reason? All the different arguments. So everything is there. Vakol yesh ba Everything is there. In the summary of the Mishnah, 
Rakshu behelam. Only thing is, it's, but it's concealed. Now he's going to explain. Now this is the marshal. For who and this is the meaning of the diminishing of energy, of light. Even though it's there in a concealed way, it does not radiate in any revealed way. Now what is revealed? Is the sound going all right there? And what is revealed? is a level of diminished light. Same as with intellect and emotion. That emotions, compared to meichen, in contrast to intelligence, are diminished light and revelation. Like in a contemplation, a meditation on a divine concept. Through which you awaken and arouse a love and awe. What radiates, what shines from the mind to the heart to the emotions is only a very small bit, only the tip of the iceberg, only an edge. But the reflection of the energy must be within the emotions. Because if not, without it, there wouldn't be the awakening of these emotions. And this reflection, which is in the emotions, has when it concealed the whole length, the whole extensive uh, meditation. But it's in a form of diminished light. The same thing is above. The bebina meir air bisnachvus. That in bina, the energy radiates, illuminates expansively, extensively. Or bizarre and in midas zayir ampin rag derechalein. Only like through a window. Bebchinus mitaer in a diminished, in a form, in a level of diminished energy, light. So let me now, let me let me elaborate. Huh? He says diminished miut. Okay, so the question is like this. What did he add with this whole piece here? He gave an example of the sun in a house. Sun, sunlight outside, unfettered, without boundaries, without any blocks, without any walls, and inside a house. So amid this, that's what we have. We have a diminished form of energy because it's within the house. Zo. Then he gave the example for it. Because obviously the example of the sun is just an example, a physical example. What is a conceptual example? A conceptual example is an idea. So when you have a verdict, a legal ru- ruling, a verdict, you only have, that's what he says, derechalein. What you're seeing is a diminished form of energy in this final verdict that's not revealed. So when you go outside, so to speak, we go back to the Bina level, you'll have, that's Bina. Bina is comprehension. We're not talking about Chochmah now. Earlier he spoke that Chochmah is the Nekudah, is a point that is the most intense energy. 
Bina is already some containers, abundant containers, substantial containers, and therefore the energy is diminished. Then there's an Akudas Atamsis. After Bina, you come to some summary. You come to a summary where he said that it has some of the Chachma within it, but not quite, because it ultimately... Um, it ultimately is now, as he says, morgish. It's tangible, has some type of sense. This was in chapter 33. Okay. It's possible to say that the Psak is the Tamsis. I would say Psak is even more than a Tamsis because Tamsis would be a summary of all the ideas. That would be like someone who collects and gathers all the ideas and gives you a summary of the arguments. That's a summary of arguments. Uh, Psak Din is even further than that. Psak Din is, the, is, is maybe Das. I'm not sure. But Psak Din's bottom line doesn't matter. The bottom line is Psak Din is, doesn't even have a summary of arguments. That's the point. Psak Din is just the, the result. The result is kosher, not kosher. You win, you lose. Who's the winner, who's the loser? Within that lies the whole argument. Because you wouldn't get there without all that whole process. You wouldn't get to Midas without the Bina, the Meichen. Without intelligence, but when you look at the right now, the, the the end, you only see what you see. So you see so what you see is diminished. It doesn't mean it doesn't have within it the intensity. That's the example he gives. Then he uses the example. That's one example. Then he uses the example in Aveda, Meichen Midas, that the Midas that awaken from your mind is somewhat like the Psak Din, is what he's really saying. It's somewhat of uh, a result of a process. That the result only has a diminished elements from that process, though it's in there concealed. And it wouldn't have been possible to have this next stage if you didn't have the source. It's not some new entity. So it's basically, from a perspective of revelation, we're not talking about the mile of a psak din. A psak din, of course, has a big advantage because you could sit and have pilpul all day and not have a conclusion. We're not talking about that now. We're talking about from perspective, purely from a perspective of energy, revelation, consciousness. So there, the result has within, is, it's concealed. So that's what he means, Zo is derech because you have the energy coming in, but it's coming in a diminished form, like sunlight coming into a house. So, obviously the example is not complete exactly, because when the sun is inside of, through a window, it's not exactly like a psak din. But the point is, all these different examples illuminate different elements of the idea. So that's what midas are. Over Malchus, then comes level four. I wouldn't say that, because you're going to get it. It's not no. The, why, why is that help? No. If it helps in understanding, get the the example of the, remember that starts with the Eitz Chaim. Zah, the radiate the light that the zah is like coming through a window. The example means like sun coming through a window. So you know that it's a diminished form of light. Now, what does this mean conceptually? Conceptually, it's the idea of a legal ruling that comes after a a. Uh, a lengthy dialogue or discussion. So technically, yes, but I would not put it quite that way. It doesn't make any sense. Like a psak is like sun coming through a window. Why would why would you say that? How would that? How does that help? The only thing that's relevant is that it's diminished and it's coming from somewhere. In, po- in poetry, you could do that. Then comes. You want to ask something? Yeah. The- he does explain the idea of Halam using the Sakyan, using the mission circle, using the idea of moving uh, meters, but still it's hard to tie into the Mashal Halam. What Mashal? The Mashal Halam. 
The, the sun is an example just why he uses Chalain. Chalain is a muscle. It's yeah. an example. It's an example of diminished light. The sun inside the house uh, somewhat helps understand why Chaim would use the word window. Like, what, what, what is a window? So, sun coming through a window, like inside the home, so diminished. That's that. If, even if he didn't use the word Chalain window, you could explain Midas compared to Mechim with everything he said here. But he is explaining the Yitzchayim, so it's within that. At the end of the day, Zah is a diminished energy compared to, to the mind. Chalain is the example used. That's, that's all. It's, it's not an explanation of the word Chalain. There's an explanation of the diminishment. That, the conceptual diminishment. Yeah, yeah. You said in the mashal of the sun window, as the sun may Yeah. You said the sun would be somewhat tough now? No, not at all. I would not do that at all because Chachma, he already moved away from Chachma. Once you say expansive light, you're talking about being. The bottom line is, what, I mean, what is this from math? You're talking about from why would you want to do what you're doing? Why are you trying to uh, create? Why are you creating so such a physical? It's, it's all conceptual. Sun is just an example for the diminished energy. That's all that matters here. Uh, the reason Chalayin, because in Kabbalah you use words that that help understand words that help give us examples, but but the, but the point is to abstract it from the example. That's the end of the day. You're not trying to. There are no windows in heaven. You know, it's it's it's, it's like you're talking about divine energy. There's no window. The windows, on the contrary, windows we have. Next time you look at a window, it should remind you of Zoh. Not that Zoh should remind you of a window. That's what I would say to you. Right. You understand? My intention is to understand more about the, the physical, the physical way to understand it. The physical chachma, the example he gave for chachma he gave earlier, he gave different examples that when you understand a concept, you have the, the intensity of the concept there. I would not carry this through because in 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 in, uh, in uh, chachma and bina the expression is kiruv mokim, richuk mokim. You're close to the flame or not close to the flame? You could use the example, are you closer to the sun or more distant from the sun? But it wouldn't work because there's no such thing. The sun is too powerful. So there's no such thing as being closer or more distant to the sun that you're going to have more light or less light. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are certain places on the, on the planet that are colder or warmer based on how... But you should know it's not to do with distance. It's to do with angles. Summer and winter are not based on distance. As people misunderstand, it's based on the angle. Well, the earth itself is so you you want to force the muscle into understanding chachmabina? If you want to do it, do it. You know. No, I mean, listen. That, that if something's not understood, we can elaborate. I, I, what's missing here? That's the question. I think it's relatively understood. And a malchus, the light, the energy comes like through a hole alone. So now he's going to explain what is this. Like example, like someone now who reveals his feelings. You see, midas is compared to richuk mokim, distance, window. Now, what when someone reveals your feelings in speech, you communicate, you express your feelings. Like someone who speaks words of love. Or 
because of love, that's why he's speaking. Because he loves this person, that's why he's speaking, that's why he speaks with him. Interesting two ways of interpreting that. In other words, one is that you're actually saying I love you, or saying words of love, so you're expressing an emotion. Or, because of your love, that's why you express yourself. You love someone, so you speak with them. You can speak to them not words of love, you can speak to them and say, breakfast is ready. Speak to them and say, the sun is shining. But it's coming from emotions. We're not talking about superficial. That's the key. Because again, he, he's, he, remember the key thing in all these levels is that even as it's diminished, it's still the original energy. Like, it's not, we're not talking about some new entity. It's just a matter of shtalshlus here. He's talking about structure, mailo mata, to understand the structure, the hierarchy, but not yeshma'ayin. We're not talking about a new entity creating some new thing. So it's just the same energy flowing in different stages and different levels of, of uh, revelation. Just for the record. That's why this is critical here. So, okay. So, these two types of speaking. This speaking reveals the emotion of love. Because, first of all, they either they express love, or because there's, the words are coming from a loving place. Or a result of love. Because when you hate someone, it's the opposite of expression. Interesting way of putting it. In other words, you wouldn't speak to someone that you dislike. This itself needs an analysis. Why not? You could yell at them. You could tell them you hate them. But obviously, that's not. You know, that's also an expression of an emotion. So why is he saying it this way? I'm not really sure. I guess. Because that's it's a Okay. Who's the person you hate? Someone that you don't speak to them. Ah, that's what he's bringing here. Okay. And nevertheless, even though it is an expression of love, or expression because of love, what it reveals is only a reflection of the of the emotion, of the love, which is obvious. He's bringing a proof. And the proof is that when you are in the intensity, in the throes of your excitement, excited emotions, or let's call it uh, ignited emotions, you can't even speak. Only when that emotion is diminished, concealed, you can speak. And in that, those words, Radiate just a reflection of the emotion. This is all an example for Malchus that the energy comes, the light comes through a hole. Same thing, the level of Malchus. Same thing, Malchus, which is Dibur, the energy radiates in a very. So Malchus, which is Dibur, they radiates the energy in a, in a diminished, a symptom, a concealment, and diminished way, just like a like light that ray that shines through a hole. So think of the window as a giving you a the whole sunlight. How much sunlight is getting through a, a little hole? So all this is an Eitz Chaim is using examples and Chassidus really. So which is an explanation to which is Eitz Chaim explaining Chassidus or Chassidus explaining Eitz Chaim? I would say Eitzchayim is explaining Chassidus. Because Eitzchayim is really a marshal for this idea. 
Malchus, what is Malchus? Malchus is communicating emotions. Which in effect is really the emotions that are diminished. That is, the example for that is light that comes through a hole. This, this itself can be used into an application of how we communicate in relationships. Because I know people who don't communicate at all in relationships, so there's no light coming at all through the hole. And then there are people who um, who uh, don't who uh, communicate uh, who the, the light is coming too extensively without the right proper measure. Okay, so all this is now he's now summing up. The whole discussion, remember this all began in the beginning of the chapter. The beginning of the chapter was what? That Milo, Mata, higher and lower in the spheres and in the structure, the spatial, the conceptual structure of existence is higher and lower, which is more and less, Dibui and Miut, more and less, which is Kiruv and Richuk, which is close and distant in the Kav. And that led us into the Eitzchayim, which was this old explanation. What does it mean that Chachma, the energy radiates? Kiruv, close, Bina, distant, Za, Midis, uh, through a window and Malchus through a hole. So he explained all that in the, all the levels of it. So now he sums up. And this is the and this is the meaning of the hierarchy of higher and lower, above and below of the ten spheres. That what does Maila mean? Extensive, uh, abundant energy, much energy. That's Higher, and diminished energy or light, is lower. That's why chachma is called higher than bina, not because it's physically higher, because it has more energy. Because in chachma and wisdom, the light energy radiates an abundant fashion. And this is what we say, intellect in general, is maila, is above emotions. Because there, there radiates more energy there. But when you say that the energy and the light is equal in all the spheres, like I mentioned earlier, even though they can be distinct, they're distinct entities and fundamentally distinct each in their own level. And so And that's the meaning of Something is a beginning, something is an end. That doesn't necessarily mean higher and lower. could be that there's like, you know, there's a beginning, a middle, and an end. This doesn't necessarily mean this could be, uh, this is uh, horizontal, not vertical. Right? So you can have a horizontal structure, but no vertical structure. In many ways, Mailamata is vertical structure. Ein That's not... So even though the spheres are separate by the, by, on their own, and they can have a beginning, middle, and a beginning and end horizontally, but vertically, again, spiritually vertically, there's no higher and lower. There's no hierarchy. You'd say Chachm and Bina, the same amount of energy, but Bina is in a Bina form. Chachm is another form. Here we want to establish not just that they're distinct, but they also have hierarchy. Meaning they also have a higher and lower element to it. So basically, horizontal structure would be distinction, and vertical structure would be um, uh, abundance of energy. 
or, or uh, the level of energy. They both, yeah, they both create the structure. Yeah. He's giving an example. Like when, when, when the atzmim are revealed, when the essential faculties of a person are revealed, like during a simcha, for example. He used this example, if you recall, by Esses Friyas Agnuzis. He said these words. That when they're revealed the way they are, chapter 22. They cannot be come into the world. And he gave the example of his galus. That his geiches agluim, the hamshachasim is with kedima ve'icher. There's a beginning and an end. There's a structure. It's talshlus. Remember. But when the hidden geiches are revealed, chapter twenty-two, page thirty-five, there there's no structure. It all comes out flowing, all equal as one equalizer. Just comparing the two. So here's called Kaychas Atzmim. Hagam Shamechem Betzmim Badregal Yenim Amidus. Even though intellect fundamentally is higher than emotions, Mokom Mokim, Machesh Eda Nefesh Meir Behem, Beshave, Einzebchin Smailamata. So when the essential, because the Eir Hanefesh, the soul's energy radiates in them in an equal way, there's no higher and lower. So even though one is fundamentally above the other, but on that level, when they're in their, in their essence, so to speak, when their essence is revealed, you're not going to see a distinction. Which is why you don't have, like when a person's intoxicated, I mean in a good way, there's a certain lack of structure between, majors can come out with, a, with full intensity, there's no that whole gradation, you could speak a lot more than you would usually speak. The same thing, an example above. Like in the world of Tayo, of chaos. So in Tayo, there's spheres. But because it's chaotic and there's no structure, there's no, there's no or normal order of above and lower. Like it sells elsewhere. Interesting contrast. I thought he was going to bring Ezra's sphere of Sagnusis. Because that would seemingly be a better example. Because the root of the spheres, not the, not silas, where they are manifest in containers, if it was a revelation from the from the spheres of Gnuzis, from the keiches atzmim, like you said, like I just said in chapter uh, 20, uh, 20, 20, what chapter did I say it was? 22. Chapter 22, there's no structure. That's seemingly more consistent. But he uses tayu, which is really a, 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 this, a, confu- a, a, a distorted structure. Not just a, an atzmizdik structure. Just pointing that out. I guess to you would be a more example of the contrast, just to show you how crazy, you know, how wild it would be. But but the example of esesvizinus would also fit if the eris and the not in kalim, and we're just coming from like etzem and nefesh. Without the, they would all come as equals. Yeah, that's what they are. Esesvizinus, as we said, they're all equal there because they're all in the vision of the artist. So they're all. That's an equalizer. Even though he wants distinction, but they're not yet distinguished. They're not distinct. I'm just pointing out why he uses Tayu. It's a good question. But anyway, it's an example for it. So there we go. There we go. So bottom line is that the structure, the, both horizontal and the vertical, the vertical structure of Maila Mata, of higher and lower, is is determined by the level of energy that's flowing. Ribui Emiyot like he says. Okay, 
Let's do the summary. Kitsur, vihine mailamatu inyan dibuyamit. And now, mailamatu above and below. Hierarchy is the, is the idea of ribuyamit more and less. Visibosim hua kirovarichuk. And the cause for that, why it's more energy and less energy, this, the cause for it is because of their closeness or their distance, as he explained with the kav. Mm-hmm. So now he added that Kiruv is the cause. Before, he, in, the, in the actual chapter, he just said this is also the idea of closeness and distance. Here he's saying the cause for more and less is closeness and distance. Very interesting. It's additional touch. Where there's abundant energy and revelation, that's higher. And the concealment and diminishment of energy, that is lower. Helam and mute. He says again, Helam first and then mute. Okay? That's why Chochme we call higher and superior because of its abundant energy. Like the point of a concept, the energy is abundant. And the comprehension it gets diminished. Concealed. Here again, he reverses the order. <laughs> in the same in the same summary. First Helen and Miyot, now Miyot and Helen. Nevertheless, in Bina, it's still expansive. It's still expansive. In emotions, it gets even more diminished. Like an illegal ruling. Or like an Mishnah. All the elaboration is concealed. And in speaking, even the emotions are also concealed. So in emotions, only the arichas is concealed. Only the elaboration. In speaking, even the feelings are concealed. And essential faculties, with energy there, the light there is equal. Even though they have a beginning and an end, a top and a, 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 a beginning and an end, as I said, horizontally they're not vertically they're not higher and lower and that's how it is in the world in, this, in the spheres of Tayu where the energy is there there's a, so there's a ratio save they have distinct entities but they're not in the form of a structure of higher and lower everybody wants to dominate I rule as he said I guess maybe that's the reason he brings Tayo, because it's more of a. It's, in, it's interesting. It's in the cup, the cup doesn't, doesn't affect it within, within the open and the crudeness. It doesn't really. And people might go mount to the spheres at that point. Not too much faith. Okay. So let's stop here. Now what? At that point, the cup doesn't affect the spheres at all to give them my will not to. Who said that? That's what we're saying here. The cup goes out to me anymore. Of Tohu are on the same level. They're all kind of Tohu's It's also there's also a product of the Kav. The Kav doesn't affect them with the Maila Mato in the particular structure. Why not? That's what it seems to be not. Is that is that incorrect? I wouldn't say that. Put it quite that way. Why, the question is why the Kav doesn't affect them. Yes. Okay. Now that's a, that's a question, but it's not for here. He's going to discuss. That's a, the. Yeah, 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 no, no, that's a good question. The bottom line is going to come down to is because there's an imbalance there of Eris and Caleb. 
In other words, the Kav um, creates the structure, and Atzilus is where it manifests properly. Before Atzilus, there's imbalances. Like even Akudim, they don't even have yet containers. You know, but that's another, there's, uh, so there's no Mailamat either because there's no containers altogether. There's only one container. So in general, there's no Mailamat. In other words, Mailamat does come as the energy starts settling into the containers. Remember, in Esosphere Seknusis, as I mentioned, there's no Mailamat either. The Mailamata begins after the Kav, right. Yeah. So anyway, this, yeah, that, the bottom line is Natsilas, that's where it manifests in the perfect structure. How, how, is, how the distortions he doesn't discuss yet. He just was, it was more, most important was to define how the structure does work. So let's stop here. We did chapter 37, pages 62 through 64.